You are listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a Cure CMD podcast where we discuss all things congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease. I am Maddie Manley, a Pacific Northwest mom to an adorable son with CMD. And I am Megan Meyer, a Midwest mom to a sweet daughter with CMD. Together, we are Two Rare Mama Bears. We hope to share with you challenges, struggles, triumphs, and accolades in the congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease community while learning and growing along the way. All right, so today we have our biggest stretch, I think, of time zones that we've done on the podcast. We've done uh, all the way East Coast, West Coast, and Megan in Iowa, and today our guest is in Hawaii. So we have a five-hour difference which is super exciting to be meeting more people from all over and being able to have them share their stories with us. So today we have Gabe Lau from Hawaii. Hi I'm so excited to be here. And Gabe you're 17 is that right? That is right I'm 17 years old. This is crazy I think as we listen to your story here in the next little bit how um, articulate you are and what you've already accomplished in a short 17 years is amazing to me. So will you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from, uh, a little bit about your diagnosis and give us as much of a description as you know. We know you're not a doctor, neither are we. So tell us about yourself. Yeah. Um, So as you said, I'm 17 years old. I'm a recent high school graduate. I graduated from Waiakea High School in Hilo, Hawaii last year. And I am a triathlete, a cyclist, and I'm also a singer, songwriter. And I was also diagnosed with a rare genetic muscular condition, periodic paralysis, when I was six years old. Periodic paralysis is a rare it's a group of rare genetic disorders they are channelopathies that that disrupt the the flow of of um, chemicals through our ion channels in our cells and basically with people with my condition uh, they're really unbalanced and are extremely sensitive to changes and depending on what type of periodic paralysis you have when your potassium either goes up or down my in my case when it goes down uh, we can experience episodes of weakness and paralysis. Those can last anywhere from 10 minutes to days. I share this condition with my mother. Um, it's, a, it's a genetic, so I was, it was passed on to me from her. And my experience with the condition has been, I feel, has been much um, better, I think, than hers. She, she uh, wasn't diagnosed until she was 30 years old and went through this really horrible decades-long diagnostic journey that she was multiple misdiagnoses and then diagnosed with uh, psychological disorders. And finally, when she was diagnosed, she got proper medication that really helped her, which then enabled her to notice I had this condition and help me as well. How old were you when you were diagnosed, Gabe? Yeah, so I was six years old. And the story of my diagnosis is kind of crazy. And um, a little bit is attest to what a lot of people with these kind of rare disorders have to go through. So I was brought in a few months after my mother was diagnosed and she knew about the disorder and knew I could possibly have it. But the doctor that was in that day 
noticed, saw me and kind of knew me as a little crazy hyperactive six-year-old who was, you know, uh, an annoying little kid and said, no way, he's actually paralyzed. He's, he's just faking it. You know, that's what little kids do. He's seen his mother paralyzed. So we're going to put him to the test and we're going to stand him up on the hospital bed. And because he's just faking, he won't fall down when I drop him. So you can probably see where that's going. So he dropped me and I really, luckily he caught me right before my head hit the floor and, you know, stark white. And he was like, Oh, okay. Uh, I, I take it back. This kid definitely has, is not, um, he's, he's paralyzed. So I was given the correct medication after that and I got better. And from that day forward, I was, I was diagnosed. It's important to note though, that I, nor, nor my mother, we aren't genetically diagnosed yet. So there, they know there are a couple of known genetic mutations for this. So far as, as the testing we've done, we haven't gotten a positive result, but we're, they're developing new, new uh, mutations and, and trying them out. And so we're going to keep trying, of course, to see if we can get this, but we're clinically diagnosed and not genetically diagnosed. So basically, there's probably another mutation out there that's yet to be discovered, and periodically, you guys just need to run another genetic test to find out if whatever's been discovered the most latest is indeed where your genetic defect lies. Right, yes. So there's all sorts of defects that can be with the sodium channel or the calcium channel or all these different things, and knowing it is helpful for for management and knowing what could Absolutely. play on in the future, it's... Yeah. It's kind of scary you know, having this disease and knowing that for some people, they, as, they, as they age, they end up experiencing degenerative muscle weakness and you know, permanent paralysis. And I have been extremely lucky in, you know, first of all, my early diagnosis, which has enabled me to have my correct medication and, and be able to have the knowledge that I, I am affected to be careful and have a good diet and, and have a good lifestyle for, for my condition. And that has led me to really not be held back. I don't feel that, that I haven't been held back by this condition, but I know the, the possibility exists that as I get older, it can get worse and worse. You know, I meet people every day who or not every day, but I, I often meet people who have the similar, the same periodic paralysis and have such different and such worse experiences from from my own so there's always the hope that you know people are working on it and the cures are coming but also there's a an element of uncertainty so so you talked about at the beginning that you are a triathlete and a cyclist how long have you been competing in triathlons and had a love for cycling yeah so the cycling started since i was a little kid actually so my mom my parents met as as kind of cyclists, I guess. They my mom was before she was starting to be really affected by um her her disease, she was the national champion mountain biker for her, awesome. her you know, youth women in uh nineteen ninety three, nineteen ninety-four. And she because she was so good because she realized that when she was exercising she felt better for for some people with heart condition, when, um, you know, during exercise, 
you have a little spike in potassium or you just, your muscles are more stimulated so you feel better. And she realized that when she exercised more, she felt better. So that's what she did all the time is just exercised all the time. But it was also, it's also been really kind of well known that rest after exercise can be a trigger. So a lot of people try to exercise, but then when they stop, they paralyze. But for her, she was able to do exercise enough to train and do the races. But she remembers times after races where she would go and win a a big race and then on the bus on the way home she wouldn't be able to get back up she would paralyze and no one would know what was wrong because there's a super strong girl who can't move so i guess her her she she's always loved cycling and and even as she was had to stop competing riding riding her bike was one of her favorite things it's become harder and harder for her as she's exercised less and less as the disease is becoming you know, slowly worse. That's, that's always been one reason I've really loved to ride my bike, I guess, is maybe she always did it. And it's just an incredible thing. And my dad is a big bike rider too. So we've been riding since, since a little kid. And I only started triathlons uh, about two years ago. And I, I, I started them just because I wanted something else to do where I moved more. I'm a guy with a lot of energy and I, I love to, spend that energy in in ways that aren't annoying to my family (laughs) (laughs) my little brother's always stop singing yeah so i I like that you can admit it riding my bike (laughs) my energy that doesn't annoy my family (laughs) right so so that's how i i guess my triathlon started and i really fell in love with that but after doing triathlon for a few years i'm realizing more and more that while it's great and i do like running and, and swimming I really, really love cycling. So I'm thinking about as my, my next steps forward to focus more on cycling and see how far I can go. I'll try to go into big races and there's, you know, the pro cycling world is, is, is there and it's hard to get into, but I'm willing to give a shot at it. So. Be awesome. Yeah. So you did a triathlon in March of this year, correct? Yeah. So t- that was in Hawaii. Can you tell us a little bit about that and about what happened to you at the end of the race? Yeah. So the Lava Man Triathlon in, in Hawaii, um, it, was, it was a fun triathlon. It was uh, one of my big you know, ones at home. So I was all excited. And that day I was so excited. I guess I, I had forgotten to take some medication or something. And I didn't prepare well. I didn't usually before I try to do exercise, I premedicate with potassium. So I'm so, you know, an extra precaution that I don't end up paralyzing or something, which very rarely happens to me, but just in case. So I guess I didn't do that that day. And it ended up that towards the end of that race, even though I, I had an all right race during the run portion, I could feel my legs getting heavier and heavier. And I finally realized after a lot of denial saying, oh, it's just, I'm tired. Oh, I didn't eat enough. Um, you know, I realized I'm actually having a, a, a paralysis attack or a weakness attack. So I, by the end of the run, I was flinging my legs in front of me because my, my quads didn't, you know, my big leg muscles weren't really working. And, you know, I flung myself over the finish line and fell down. And, you know, I kept thinking, wow. 
I'm actually paralyzed. That hasn't happened to me, you know, since I was a kid. And, um, and it was, it was kind of a wake up call. Even more of a wake up call was when the doctors came and, you know, the medical tent there and said, Oh no, he's, he's overheating. He's, he's, you know, collapsing. Let's throw ice on him and give him a whole bunch of sugar and salt and things that'll pick him up. And sugar and salt are actually two things that are triggers for me. Oh no. So I was thinking, wow, this is, this is not good. Luckily my mom was there. So Did you she even speak at that point. I, I was so out of no. it. I, I think I probably could have, I could say things, but not very um coherent <laughs> i wasn't very aware I, I i could move my legs but not really walk i was you know, held up by people um and no so i could think but my thoughts can really cohere sentences and come out yeah um, but yeah I, luckily she was there and she helped them tell them that look he has this rare condition called hypokalemic periodic paralysis where he needs potassium so they got me some potassium and in probably 20, 30 minutes, I was back up and going and congratulating my, my buddies on, on their race. And um, yeah, it was, it was over really quickly, but also a huge wake up call for me. And for a long time, I hadn't experienced anything like that in a long time. Um, and I've almost, I'd almost forgot that I had that, <laughs> that condition because I was so, I guess, well, I managing it well, because I, I was had such an active lifestyle, and I had a good diet and took my medicine. I was so rarely affected. But that moment kind of hit me. And after that, I was inspired to do something for um, the rest of the people who had to experience that, you know, every day. You know, I realized how lucky I was that I didn't paralyze every day and how a lot of people were. And also, I talked to my mom more about her story, and she, you know, did she did all these things as as a as a teenager, not even knowing what was wrong with her, just knowing that she would sometimes paralyze, and then after finally realizing something was wrong, she spent fifteen years trying to get diagnosed. I started talking to her more about her story, and not really understanding, but I guess having more of a I guess an understanding of what she had to go through to then allow me to have such a, <laughs> an easy lifestyle. I mean, what if she was never diagnosed and I, I was probably go, would be going through the same thing she was. Mm -hmm. So that really inspired me to, to want to do something to make a difference, make a change for people who, who weren't as, as lucky as I was, um, especially with, with periodic paralysis and, I started learning more about periodic paralysis and rare diseases in general and learned that, you know, one in every 10 people have a rare disease and all these crazy statistics. And I said, okay, I'm doing something about it. And through the, the Lava Man, I actually had qualified for the um, age group national championship triathlon in Cleveland and uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. And I needed a way to get there. <laughs> so I was talking to my dad on a hike and I was talking to him about, you know, my, my disease and how I was inspired and also how we were going to get to Cleveland. And we just came up with the idea, Hey, why don't I ride my bike to Cleveland <laughs> and then make an awareness campaign out of it. And that's how the idea for ride for rare diseases was born. And since then a lot of incredible things have happened, but, 
basically that's what we did. We rode, I rode my bike from Seattle, Washington to Cleveland, Ohio, and on a mission to raise awareness for rare diseases. Awesome. Yeah. Maddie can tell in a minute how she found you and ride for rare diseases, but just to mention about your success, despite your paralysis attack at the end, is that you finished 11th overall in second year age category, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I think it's, that's just crazy. Good on you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, amazing. thank you. So I first heard about Gabe's story and Ride for Rare Diseases through another local mom that helps run the Spokane Rare Disease Day here in Spokane and works with a lot of the community members here. Uh, she had shared your page and had made awesome comments it was just like look at how awesome this young man is and what he's doing and all of us here in the rare disease community let's cheer him on and so then i started following you i think you were in colorado maybe ish when <laughs> i got that and so we kind of followed you on social media for the rest of your trip and it was just awesome i mean as a mom i can only imagine how proud your parents are of you and how you are somebody that I want Matthew or his siblings to be like, I want to, I want to make a difference. I want to make a change, not just for you and people that share the same disease that you have, but you're writing for all of these people that have that rare disease struggle. And that is amazing and wonderful. So thank you for that. It's been so much fun to follow you and Matthew knows who you are on social media and he's the guy with the bike and <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's how I found Gabe. And then I told Megan, I was like, let's see, I'm, let's talk to him. I want to talk to him. Yep. How cool is it that this 17 year old is making such waves in the world of rare disease? So Gabe, the mission that you had in mind while you were writing was like really holistically to promote awareness, right? Yes. And then yes. if you could raise money along the way, then you were raising money along the way. That's great too. Yeah. Right. So the, the, the main inspiration, I guess, and the thing I, I like to say is I want to help people have more experiences like I had and less experiences like my mother had. I love um, that. Which is, yeah, basically to, to shorten as, as much as we can the, the diagnostic journey that people with rare diseases have to go through because that, it, it can be a horrible, horrible thing that lots of people have to experience. And just the diagnosis can be huge. It yeah. is, I mean, the, the biggest stepping stone in changing lives. So that was the, the biggest idea that I kept telling myself along the ride. And, and that was such, it was reinforced so much by all the conversations I had with other rare disease patients along the way and hearing their stories. Now, um, did you pre-plan stops along the way where you were going to meet people or were they finding you while you were on the ride and saying, Oh my gosh, he's coming to my town. Let's go find him as he's riding through or how did that all work out? So a little bit of both. So this, this ride actually happened. The whole thing came together in not even a month, wow. um, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. So I think for the time we had, we did a pretty, pretty darn good job of organizing it. But, it, you know, it wasn't as, as maybe planned out as it could have been, you know, with, with more time and preparation. So we tried to, to plan 
meetings with people and, and we did a few of them and, and they were incredible. Um, a lot of them were just people reaching out saying, hey, I'm in Minneapolis, you should come have dinner and, and talk and, and we did. A little bit of both, I guess. <laughs> and you said that was one of your favorite parts on the ride was getting to meet other rare disease patients and hearing their story and learning about them and probably opening your eyes to how, I mean, you, you know the stats of how many rare diseases there are, but I think once you hear more stories and how it affects families, really kind of, for us, brings it home more so. So I would assume you were probably experiencing the same thing as you were learning about people all across the U.S.? So much so. I'm, so this ride, uh, to be honest, it started out as an, as an idea, you know, I'm going to ride across the country and it's going to be so fun for me, you know, and I'm going to raise awareness along the way too, and that's going to be great. You know, I was, I was kind of thinking about it as, as a point of how, what am I going to get out of this? I'm going to have an awesome experience. I'm going to have a whole life growing, open my eyes kind of thing, which I did. But this ride, it humbled me in so many ways just to realize how much bigger everything was. And I was so inspired by every, yeah, every single other patient I met and to hear their, their stories of, struggle and then finally getting a diagnosis and, and how long their journeys had been and how <laughs> how easy mine had been and how easy the ride had been compared to all these people's lives. You know, everyone told me, oh man, you must be having, that's so hard. I can't believe you're riding across the whole U.S. for, for rare diseases. And that was the easiest part, the ride. <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it was really life-changing hearing their stories and I've been inspired to not only continue doing this advocacy as as much as I can but also I think I want to go to medical school now that's that's what I've decided to go to medical school and start doing more research and and um, finding out ways we can we can help these people's lives more love it love it so logistically this right 3,000 miles yeah, a bit more, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and how long did the whole trip take? Two months. Let's see. You ventured from Seattle down to Portland. Yep. And then into Idaho. Yes, through the Columbia River Gorge, which is so beautiful. And then Salt Lake City, Utah, Denver, Colorado, up towards South Dakota. You must have gone across South Dakota if you were then going yep. to the Twin Cities. Yep. And then you hit up the Great Lakes, down to Chicago, and then Chicago to Cleveland. That's it, yeah. And in Cleveland is where the USA Triathlon was, right? Yes. And how did you do there? Uh, good, yeah. I got uh, 12th um, in my age group. In the which, U.S. Crazy. Yeah, yeah in the U.S. <laughs> Crazy. So that's pretty cool. You know, I had a really great bike, <laughs> which I kind of expected. Um I might run in my swim, maybe weren't as prepared as they could have been, but after riding across the country, you kind of expect that. Yeah, it was it was an amazing experience, and I actually qualified for the World Championship Triathlon in Switzerland in 2019, and I'm deciding if I want to go to that yet. I'm not totally sure. We'll see where my cycling career takes me. <laughs> right. It was, it was an incredible experience for sure and an amazing finale. Megan talked to, asked a little bit about logistics. 
were you, how did getting from one end to the other kind of work as far as did you, who'd you stay with? How did you do all of that? Yeah, so I was incredibly fortunate to have gotten the support of Strongbridge Biopharma. And they are a, a pharmaceutical company that is, they're a really incredible company. They are dedicated to rare diseases and um, they have the only medication for periodic paralysis. And they also have an incredible free genetic testing program for periodic paralysis. They're, you know, I was really, I was not expecting anything uh, when, when I, you know, wrote a little email to them, but they called back and, and said, look, we want to give you all this support. So I had hotels paid for, I had food uh, and a support van and a mechanic with me the whole time, you know, which made the ride. So I guess just work so much better <laughs> than probably it would have been. I would have been staying at people's houses I met and camping. That would have been fun too, but definitely a lot less, probably a lot less safe, <laughs> a lot less Secured. Yes. They had you secure. Yeah. It was really incredible when their support just helped so much. Yeah. That's awesome. They had your back in more than one way, treatment wise and having your back, making sure you were getting from point A to point B safely. So you've talked a little bit about what the future looks like so far. We've got, would like to go to med school and um, potentially would love to go on to become a professional cyclist. I think you've also talked about you'd like to consider doing more advocacy work. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm definitely committed to doing that. Continue the ride for rare disease mission of, you know, shortening that diagnostic journey. Yeah. And we'll see where that takes us. And after you finished uh, this ride for rare diseases, you headed to Ireland? Yeah, that was really incredible. So the the ride for rare diseases, as I said earlier, the big the big mission was to raise awareness, but there was also a little fundraising that happened, a GoFundMe, and it it all went to to be donated to the Periodic Paralysis Association, which you know is a nonprofit that that is is really helps support periodic paralysis patients and research, and and they had invited me to come to their their conference in Ireland and I was the the guest speaker there one of the first this first speaker and I, I told him about my experience and presented them with ten thousand dollars I had raised awesome. um, which Yay. was so cool and then it was given another five thousand dollars the day I, I presented it so it, it was really an incredible experience to go to Ireland and that was even a bigger you know, meeting all the researchers and talking to even more patients was just solidified that inspiration and, and decision that I want to continue with this, um, this advocacy. And I heard you will be speaking at the Nord Rare Summit in October. So any, yes. anybody that goes to the Nord Summit, look for Gabe there. I'm sure he'll rock it like he's rocking it right now. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'll be I'll be um, in the panel of opening speakers on the Monday morning. It's a like four of us youth ad- rare disease advocates that are sharing our experiences and speaking in a panel. So I'm really excited for that. It's going to be yeah really awesome, and I'm so excited to 
broaden my horizons even more meet all these other people and hear their stories i know there's there's so much i think you've got a bright future ahead of you in whatever path or multiple paths you choose in just cycling back to the beginning of this whole conversation that fact that you're 17 years old and everything you've accomplished and how articulate you are you are definitely somebody your parents should be proud of and we are glad to have the chance to talk to you tonight and get to know you and uh, look forward to being able to see you in upcoming rare disease items that hopefully we'll run into each other at. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I would love to go to every single one if I could. I mean, we'll, we'll see what can happen, but. Just get you on a speaker circuit. Yeah. Yeah. No, maybe Telling that'll happen. So ride for rare diseases number two. That may, <laughs> that may happen in the next couple of years. You know, we'll never know. And it'll yeah it'll be <laughs> awesome i'm sure yes yeah, so we will add um information about how you can follow gabe on his rare for right diseases and everything in our descriptions uh go check out his social media and see some of the pictures that he had from his trips and everything all i can say is just wow like megan said it is so awesome to be able to talk to you and everything that you've accomplished and so excited to see where you head next. Oh, thank you guys so much for reaching out and inviting me to, you know, join you guys. This has been, you know, an, an incredible experience in itself. Yeah. And, and I hope we, we get to meet someday and yeah. And thank you to all the listeners and please, yeah, go find our social media and share it with your friends. That's the, the biggest you know, thing that, that is important is to get the message out and start a big conversation around rare diseases. Share it with someone new who you haven't told about rare diseases before. That's how, that's how things change. So thank you. Thanks for joining us and listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a Cure CMD podcast, where these two mama bears will leave no stone unturned. Because failure is not an option. This podcast is nothing without you, our listeners. We welcome your feedback and topic suggestions. Please interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you will find us, Two Rare Mama Bears. Please subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications of new episodes and give us a rating or review. We would like to thank the talented individuals who keep us on task and make this podcast sound great, Luke Manley and Justin Meyer, respectively. The views expressed in this recording do not represent the opinion of Cure CMD or your podcast provider. Medical research, legal, or financial opinions or advice expressed in this podcast should not be substituted or interpreted as professional advice. Please consult your healthcare provider or other appropriate professional regarding any health-related or other concerns.